0: Can I get a little more Morgan in my headphones? Do you not have enough of me in there? <laughs> you, didn't oh, there I we go. you didn't sleep last night. Just poor sleep. Bad sleep. Once a month? Once a month. I, I'm a, I'm a recovering insomniac. Do you take anything to sleep? Um, I have a whole ritual that my therapist and I have created for myself where I have to no electronics for 30 minutes before bed. Smart. I stretch. I do a, a specific stretch. And then I do CBD under the tongue. And then I guess it's an electronic. I read my Kindle for about an hour. And then I eventually pass out.
1: I take an Ambien. Uh huh. <laughs> And then I go take a pellet gun and shoot shit in my neighborhood and forget about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's that's my um, sleep routine. I've taken Ambien before, <laughs> too, and I've done wild stuff. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to. I'm, I'm nervous of what I'll do.
1: Well, you have to. T- that's thing is like I turn my electronics off. Yeah. I, I make sure to turn everything off. Yep. I only watch TV. And then I have to. What I have to do is go back through the trash can and my house in the morning and do like an investigative reporting sort of situation where I, I'm like, what did I eat? What did I, who did I talk to? That'd be a what good
0: podcast. I, like each morning you try to track down what you did, like an investigative I mean, that's, true I, crime. I, I, I do that
1: every day anyway. <laughs> and so that's my, I, I, I've always had a hard time sleeping and like, but, and I, I was afraid because I was telling you like right before we started that I took a, uh, Fucking dick pill. Yeah. Last night. A chew. uh, Yeah, a blue chew. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to just send me a bunch, that would be... Send this guy some blue chew. That would be really great. Is it it a
0: pill or... I always just by the name assumed it was like gum.
1: I thought it was gum too. It's not. It doesn't taste great. It's not like it doesn't... It doesn't... But it doesn't taste bad is the thing. You chew it. It's like a... You know what it is exactly like? It's like a Smarty.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Cameron? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like a fucking smartie.
0: Yeah, I love smarties, but not a good tasting smartie. Dude, it's not
1: that bad. I just thought it was going to be gum, so my expectations were a little bit different.
0: I like the idea of gum too, so you can keep chewing on it and like releasing more blue chew.
1: And I can, you can always have it in your mouth, especially when you're like, well, keep in mind, like, I don't do it a lot. Like, (laughs) like, I just uh, blue chew or it it (laughs) yeah i don't s a lot Uh (laughs) i don't i don't do s a lot
0: maybe you don't chew it because what if it's in your saliva and then you're kissing your partner and then the the chew juices go into his or her or their mouth that makes
1: a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense i thought it was i literally thought it was gum
0: yeah i thought it was fucking gum me too
1: anyway um welcome to the emo emo night radio (laughs) welcome to emo night radio thanks for having me
0: wow um Look how far you guys come. Look we're how far in a real studio. Come. No, you guys. Eight years. We're in a real studio in Burbank, Hollywood, California.
1: Uh, I don't know if everybody can see this, but we did this specifically for
0: you. We oh, put wow. Up all
1: of the stuff.
0: Thank you. I'm a um, big Christmas boy. You want to know who it was for? Hmm. Uh, Backstreet Boys. Oh, really? Yeah. They were here? Ish cool <laughs> but this
1: whole st- whole fucking studio was like they did it up and I, I walked in today i was like holy fucking shit it's great it's awesome right yeah. like it's like a cool it's like this is a fun thing to do and a fun place to be i love
0: feels festive
1: you're the first person that i've had on the uh show that is not a musician cool like you're, i mean you may be a musician but it's not your main job
0: right i'm a i'm a former failed musician same. I guess I'm a failed musician, not a former failed. I'm a current failed former musician. That's, what, that's why
1: we do the things that we do, because we can't do music. Yes. So you directed, is this the first feature that mm-hmm. you directed? Okay. Yep. I, I've already gassed you a lot. Like, I've already gassed you. You You. you made a movie called I'm Totally Fine. Um, been. It is one of my favorite movies. I watched it again last night because I was like, ah, oh, fucking guys are going to be in here, like, I I just want to refresh but I watched it like almost like once a week almost like once a week when it first came out. When did when was it available?
0: It it came out in theaters and streaming on November 4th. We did our theater run now we're on Amazon, Apple, Vudu, all the places you get your flicks.
1: Uh You did it during the pandemic.
0: December 2020.
1: The wildest time to do anything.
0: Yeah, pre-vaccine uh working with the guilds to figure out how to get it done it was wacky
1: i think it kind of shows like i was telling you this a little like before we've talked about this before but i think it shows like in in the movie that like the the characters there was like this very like uncertainty and there was like a a really i don't know man it was a fucking it's a great fucking movie i am really it is, and the more you know about it, like you, the more you know the backstory behind it, the better it gets, right? I don't want to give a lot away. I don't. I, I don't like. I just don't want to be like this is what it is. But it is a fucking. What would you describe it as? I, I describe it as like
0: a female buddy comedy. mm mm-hmm. Like a, f- what, a female uh, alien buddy comedy.
1: Is that what you would like? How
0: yeah. would okay. So, uh, a sci-fi dramedy, a, a tale of two, of a woman in mourning going through the process of grief in the most alien of ways.
1: You, yeah, is that a genre?
0: Maybe we created it.
1: I, well, either, dude, it is fucking, did you watch it, Cameron, or no? Did you actually? Yeah. Are you lying? No, it great. It's a great movie. Thank right? you. So fucking... How did it come to be?
0: Well, you—the word uncertainty—that you said—that is like the the whole thing. It was birthed out of uncertainty in in the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, everyone dealt with. This crazy uncertainty, right? Nobody could predict anything. And for someone like me who struggles with a lot of anxiety, it was really, really tough, the uncertainty and the unknown. And I was trying to control the outcome of the world, which obviously we couldn't. And through uh, therapy and long walks and emo music, I finally realized that the moment I can accept that I have no control over the situation, I could be happy and present and react to the situation that we're dealing with rather than being reactive and trying to control it. And I wanted to explore that exact feeling. And I thought, you know, what better way than this truly out of this world concept of someone losing their best friend and then that person returning as an alien?
1: I always think about it like this. You know, I, uh, have you seen those posters for what's it called? Like Silent Night, something? Like got the fucking Santa? Oh, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like I always think about this. Which, by the way, that was my idea like five years ago. Murder Santa. Uh huh. I told TJ on like some podcast. Whatever. But find this, the tape. This is the uh, this is the kind of thing when, in Hollywood. I always think of somebody like with a cigar in their mouth, going like, "Hmm." Comes back as an alien, huh? <laughs> like ah, uh, dead best friend comes back as an alien. Let's do it. Like, how did you fucking get this fucking movie it, so, made?
0: So so. The idea came from that, and then a lot of things in my my actual life. A buddy of mine uh, who owns a pickle company... Uh, had a very drastic thing happen in his life. The same time he sold his pickle company, that inspired it. The pandemic, all these things were like flying at me and I had the concept. And then I approached uh, my friend and writer, Alicia Ketri. I met her at film school, waiting tables in Chicago. She writes on American Dad. She's hilarious, but she also has a really great understanding of the human condition and observing it in really satirical, uh, you know, absurd ways. So I approached her, I pitched her this concept. She was into it. We started working on it. And then my friend, Kyle Newichek, who, you know, creator of Workaholics, directs what we do in the shadows, directed Murder Mystery, uh, Game Over Man. I happened to see on Instagram that he directed a commercial over Zoom. And I was about to direct my first commercial in the pandemic with Jason Derulo and Samsung. And I reached out to Kyle as a mentor, just saying, hey, I would love to pick your brain and hear about your experience because I'm about to do this. You know for the first time and we got on zoom and he told me about the commercial and gave me some advice and he asked me what i was working on i was telling him about you know i had a movie going into 2020 like a big action comedy that i sold i thought was gonna be my first film and the pandemic killed that i had a documentary i thought i was gonna do the pandemic killed that i had a same. couple shows in development same we yeah right same so it was, it was all that uncertainty and i said i'm, I'm trying to make this movie because i want to make uh i want to actually make a movie i don't want to get stuck in development and I'm I reverse engineered something that's very true to me, but it's also very contained and producible. And he said, what is it? And I pitched him the idea of loss of control and uncertainty through this very alien sort of exploration. And he said, I want to make that movie. And that was July 2020. And, and it finally came out. Yeah, and we shot so you know July to December. That's a vi- we didn't even have a script at that point. That was crazy fast.
1: Was that just where you're were you just like, this is the idea, this is the thing?
0: Yeah, and he was like, I want to do that, and I was like, w- what? He's like, no, I seriously want to do that.
1: Well, I mean, I was watching it last night. I was like watching it. I mean, on Chew
0: last night with, <laughs> the, with this the preferred she, way to watch the film.
1: And I was like, you want know, to know what? I have to. Uh, I got to watch this again by myself. Can you? You got to. So I sat there with like a half, like a half bone or for mm-hmm. the most of the, half of the movie, yeah. watching it again. But also I was like, this is like every fucking line, th- there's, a, there's a lot of lines in the movie that really hit. But, and it also, by the way, this made take, this made TJ take a fucking like any, if you have a best friend, like a best best friend, right? Like you have a best friend. This is the movie to watch it, watch with. Yes, this made TJ take a fucking uh, like a life insurance policy out on me or something. Like, he, like, made <laughs> I him, remember he
0: said that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like,
1: he that's the old, like you know, because he's very like a, like, a, a I don't know, whatever, a brain, yeah. But he was like, Well, it's a great movie. It made me think about um, what would happen if you. If something was to happen to you. And he fucking brings it up all of the time. He that. brings it up all of the time. I forgot what, what happened the other day, but he was like, oh, we were coming back from Vegas. And I'd taken a, a, an ambient and, and like a quarter of one. And I, and I had to drive back home for Thanksgiving, like whatever the fuck. And he was like, I need you. Like, remember the movie. Like, remember that movie. Like, remember <laughs> that movie. Hilarious. Like, I need you. Mm-hmm. Dude, it stuck with me. It really is. There's so much shit to fucking stream right now mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm and i really happy that that's why we are doing this interview is because you gotta sift through a lot of bad stuff to get to the good stuff every, uh, every step of the way it's sad and then funny and sad and then funny and then funny and then sad and sad funny mm-hmm. at the same time is it hard to write because here's the thing like, is that a hard thing I can't write comedy I'm not I, I can't write comedy you could I can't.
0: But it was a balancing act, and that and that's truly uh, a testament to Alicia Ketri, the writer. You know, basically myself, Kyle, and Alicia worked on the script from, like, July through August, like, on the treatment, like, laying out the roadmap. And then Alicia went churn the script out. We gave it to Natalie and Jillian. They signed on, they were on board. We made them executive producers. They then helped shape the script as well. And it was always that balancing act. We wanted to say something really real and true, but then make you laugh. We wanted the film to be very cathartic. So we wanted you to feel really real, but you know, all of us being comedians, we, we laugh at the saddest things in life to get through it. So we really wanted to make sure that throughout the film, you're really, you know, tunnel vision on the sadness and on the emotion but then laugh and get out and come back and you know
1: they they did it like natalie and Jillian did it perfectly like really really perfectly. i feel
0: so lucky that i got to work with them and they were a part of this film and they were a part of this film Not, they didn't just show up and perform again they, we made them executive producers because they did executive produce you know they worked on the script with us they worked on the character on the costume every single day on the shoot you know we would get together in the morning, all of us, me, Alicia, Natalie, Jillian, Kyle, talk about what we shot the night before, make some adjustments to the script, shoot, then over lunch, sit, talk about what we've learned, adjust the script, and at the end of the day, sit down for dinner, Panda Express, in the house that we shot at, talk about what we learned, adjust the script, and work. And and they were just truly in it.
1: I I think what made this movie really special to me is because it felt like like my, I felt my age i felt my yeah. like the people that made this understand me mm-hmm. and which is a, a weird thing you know like getting a little bit older we're getting a little bit older but we're not old old yet
0: uh, yeah exactly and, we, and it's about you know that time in your life the characters are in their mid-30s everyone who made this film is in their mid-30s like across the board other than maybe Sandra, the party planner, is a little bit older. Um, yeah, she rocks,
1: by the way. Like, she, like her part is, is one of my favorite parts.
0: Karen Mariuma, she, she was actually Jillian's groundlings teacher. So when we asked Jillian, we're like, hey, who do you think would be great for this role? She was like, Karen. And she was amazing. And that's how we also got Natalie. When we approached J- Jillian, we're like, who would you like to be opposite in the film? We have a list of people. And she said, Natalie Morales. And we're like, yeah, that'd be incredible if she'll do it. And Jillian just called her and. And she was down. I mean, like, did you guys have to?
1: It sounds like the you know they're they're these guys are actors. They're good at at this stuff. But were there times where like that wasn't it? It was too sad, or it was too funny for this part? You had to like re redo those parts.
0: We just you know, luckily, we did a lot of that in the pre production and working on the script and that balancing act we were talking about. We wanted to make sure that we were threading, you know. The laughs and then getting really real and then keeping it grounded and then playing into the absurdity.
1: I think a lot of people are probably going to be like, why is Brandon Dermer here? Like, why, why does this, why are you on Emo Night Radio?
0: Because I, I sought you guys out like a lunatic when Emo Night first started via Kevin Kasatu. I was like, you guys were starting out, I was very intrigued because I am a failed musician of the Emo era. And continue and I love emo more than anything and when you guys were popping at the very beginning I just kept hearing about it and I went and checked out a show and I was just like I have to get to these people I need to work with them in some capacity. I don't care how um, and Kevin took me and you out to coffee Kevin who works with Diplo um, who I've done a ton of work with I I just knew that he would somehow have I don't even know how you and Kevin know each other but I was like Kevin I need to meet the emo night people
1: I have a very, I have a, I went to London, um, by myself on like a "You love, pray trip one time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just by myself, like just straight up by post emo night starting. God, did it, it, it post post emo night starting mm-hmm. and Kevin just happened to be there. And he's one of those guys that like, he just showed me, he was like, we got to go here. We got to go here. He took me to this place, took me to this place. And I remember being this like, you know, it was pretty like. I don't get starstruck by a lot of people, but I was like, "Damn, damn, dude, this fucking dude that's like done a ton of shit that I like really respect is taking me like to all these places that I want to go." But Katsuzo is like a, a hero of mine, mm-hmm. taking me up. But the, uh, but you also directed something for us. Mm-hmm. What was it? It, we, was it was the five years ago. Yeah, was it five years ago. Yeah,
0: it was the emo night day promo, dude. At Kevin's studio.
1: That's how long we've known each other. Yeah. And so it's finally taken this light, and everybody that's listening right now is like, we've we've all been working on this shit for a really long time, and if you want to do something, just keep doing it. Because Brandon just fucking made
0: a movie. Yeah. And you just made a fucking movie. And you guys played Coachella this year, and we're in a real fancy-ass studio in Burbank. Like, I met you at, at a coffee somewhere in Silver Lake when you guys were just at the Echo.
1: I think... But I was gonna say is like people would be like why 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 would why would Dermer be in here like why the fuck you have a there's a Papa Ro- there's a Papa Roach plays a very big part
0: in this movie yes
1: and well fuck were you telling me that that actually happened to you
0: yeah and I have a photo of the night that inspired that in the eighth grade. Two of my best friends and I went to see Papa Roach and Taproot at the Metro in Chicago, and we got to meet the band afterwards. And I have this awesome photo of myself, two of my best friends in Jacoby outside of the Metro. Um, And the next day we went to school and we told our other buddy who wasn't allowed to go that we went to the show and we met him. And he was so bummed that he couldn't be a part of that and share that with us. And in the eighth grade, too, that stuff feels, you know, so much larger than life. It was insane. Um, So when we were developing the story of I'm Totally Fine and we were talking about this idea of your your best, your dead best friend coming back as an alien that has all of your dead best friend's memories downloaded. What sort of questions and what things would be on Earth through that experience? Because it's now coming through an unemotional filter of an alien.
1: Yeah, no, She's just saying it.
0: Yeah. See me. And, and at the beginning, very unemotional because she you know, she's an alien. She doesn't understand what we go through. So we, we we, all pulled from our real lives of these monumental experiences growing up with our childhood best friends. I mean, one of the dudes I was literally talking to on the drive here that was at that Papa Road show with me, like these people who you stay with your whole life. And what if you, you know, God forbid everything anything ever happens. But if you had the opportunity then to unearth some things that maybe you wouldn't have before. And that Papa Roach night was a big night for me in in nineteen ninety nine, I think it was or ninety eight.
1: But I mean, like you recreate? Did you recreate that scene to the best of your ability, like that you can remember in this movie? Because it's a fucking big scene. Oh yeah, it's a really really big scene. And to, we're we're gonna. A couple days ago, the fucking soundtrack for the movie came out.
0: Yes. Yeah, and it, we had that awesome cover by Emma Zander. Huge cover, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really hits. Like, mm-hmm. really, really
1: hits. It's, it makes you watch the fucking credits.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. is,
1: I never, I don't fucking watch <laughs> a, It made me realize that, like, every single one of Kyle's family members was involved in this movie. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Well, that was the other thing, too. Kyle, you know, to go back to making the movie, when I pitched Kyle, he's like, I want to make something. I want to make something small and intimate. And with my family and have and make it this like real family experience, even to the way that we made the film. We only made the film with like 22 people on set in 10 days, you know, just bananas because, you know, prior to that, Kyle was coming off of what we do in the shadows. The movie he made right before that was murder mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Anderson for a lot more than what our movie cost. So yeah. I think he wanted to, like, go back to basics and make something really small and have it be this, like, family affair. And, yeah, he brought he brought in the parents and everyone.
1: Dude, it's, it really is uh, a beautiful,
0: beautiful movie. You guys... He was supposed to... He was not supposed to be in it. He was only supposed to be the guy at the beginning. And then we had another actor for the town. Are you allowed to
1: say who it was? Who it is? Are it, yeah, to say he
0: it, Bobby Lee. Bobby. Yeah, okay, but, it was like, only because... Uh, COVID was so, so, you know, December, 2020, we, you know, we are testing every day. It was a lot and very scary. And like to, to even, you know, the, the anxiety leading up to like, I cannot get COVID. Nobody can get COVID before we get there. And then on day, like five or six of shooting, we all started getting those alerts on our phone of like COVID spiking. And we're like, we're so scared to break this bubble. Even though Bobby would have to test in LA and then test upon arrival we just all felt very uncomfortable. And I called Bobby and he's like, oh, thank God, I'm too scared too, man. (laughs) He was like, thank you. So Kyle, um, and again, Kyle knew the script front to back because he worked on it so deeply with us that he just came in and gave such an incredible performance. And him and Jillian have such a long history. Um, Watching the two of them together in that scene was so much fun.
1: I mean, watching them together in all of the scenes is so fucking fun. It's like, it's it's fun if you know, that's what I'm saying. Like this felt... This did feel like you guys made it as everybody was friends. It may it really felt like it felt like a it felt like emo night in a lot of ways.
0: We partied in that house every night. I slept in that house like half the we basically got 3 houses in Temecula and I, you know ha- me, the cinematographer, the production designer, we and a bunch of us all lived in that first fucking house. Fucking dorks! I know, fucking nerds. The dorks. So of we the would, fucking sh- movies. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the cool kids went to the other houses, but like people <laughs> would leave and we would start shooting again, like just getting B roll and whatnot. To go back to Papa Rocha real quick, because that is like a big. Uh, Connector to the emo night, um, Ian Dietrich, their manager, and then the band just—they saw the vision. Like you know, I came out of the woodwork to that. Like I've known Ian for years, good friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you ask? Because that's a big—that's a big thing to ask. Like, ask for that song. Yes, you gotta get a fuck. I don't know if you know anybody that's listening. Like, in order to get licensing for a song to put in anything, it costs a fuckload of money.
0: Yes, yes, and I—I I wrote a letter to. Well, first I called Ian just to gauge if this would be something the guys would be interested in. And he said, you know, they're really great, grounded, you know, cool guys. Like, you know, sort of plead your case, write a letter. So I wrote a very personal letter walking through my night, you know, in 1998, 99, going to the Metro and seeing Papa Roach and talking about what that band meant to me then and what they mean to me now. I included that photo of me as a kid. Uh, Jillian included a photo of herself in a bathing suit that said, cut my... Oh, man, what was it? She had a hilarious uh, Last Resort bathing suit, and then I I, I film myself uh, performing Last Resort on guitar, <laughs> and I send it all off to them, and they were they were down. I think it was because it was so brutally honest. There was no, like, hey, we're making a big movie. It's going to be great exposure, this, that, and the other. It's like, no, this is a very personal story, and we're going to treat this song hyper sincerely. Like, it is a plot point throughout the whole film. And hopefully one of the biggest moments in the film.
1: I think it is. I think that when it first comes up, like it first comes up and they're, they're, they're talking about mm-hmm. it. And it's like, I don't fucking talk
0: to your sister.
1: And then, who's the fucking, what is, the, who's the DJ? His, name, his name's
0: DJ. Harvey Guillen. Uh, he plays uh, Guillermo on What We Do in the Shadows. Dude,
1: he's fucking
0: insane dude he showed up with that jacket so we sent him inspiration we sent photos of like zed and whatnot we're like here's some sort of vibes of a of a dj and he showed up and he's like i actually own this jacket and we're like what yeah you're wearing that that's incredible dude
1: i think fucking one of the greatest things about this film is there's so much like that that i was saying is like mid-30s like you rip on bass players you rip like if you've ever been in a band you rip on a fucking bass player Mm -hmm. you rip on dj like you rip on like all of the stuff that we all rip on but also do
0: yes oh yeah
1: and like and listen to but also you fucking kept it like really sentimental i i don't that i was really 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 impressed with this movie I, and i've told so many fucking people about it i wanted to see it in the theaters i think it was out of town or i was trying to like fucking mm-hmm. grab it like did
0: you go see it oh yeah so i you know we did like two premieres here in la yeah and then um The writer of the film, again, who's been one of my best friends for, like, almost 20 years now, uh, she got married on the day the movie came out. So we did the premiere in L.A. The next morning, I woke up at 7 in the morning and flew to New Orleans for her wedding because that's where she's from. And then uh, that was on a Friday and Saturday. We saw the movie in New Orleans in the theater that it was playing in, which was so cool because all of her family and friends came out. And then after that, I flew to Chicago to see it with my family.
1: Are you... um... You know, you've made a lot of stuff over the years. You started... What did you fucking make music videos? A lot of music videos for Every Time I Die. Yes. A lot of Every Time I Die. Who else? Uh,
0: a lot of music videos for Diplo, uh, Panic at the Disco, uh, Dylan Francis. Who else have I done music videos for? Man, not. I've done Noah Cyrus, The Jonas Brothers, um... Necrogoblicon. Yeah,
1: we got to shout that out.
0: <laughs> got to shout out Necrogoblicon. Goblin mode became a word uh, in the in the Oxford dictionary today <laughs> because of not uh, you know, I think he I I I think just the zeitgeist of it all and I think John probably helped shepherd it in there a little bit.
1: Dude, <laughs> is this the out of all the things that you've done like you know, it's it, it, it's probably the most new thing that you're doing. You're doing maybe you're probably talking to a bunch of people about it, but like it feels different than a lot of the things that you have directed before
0: oh absolutely um like how proud like i mean this is the most yeah i'm so proud you know i've made television shows that i've co-created i've directed shows for other people you know um that i that i had nothing to do with the writing and i look at this movie as just like a culmination of everything i've done i've always tried to be like Sweet and salty at the same time, you know? Like Necrogoblicon, even though, you know, that first music video, No One Survives, it is a brutal death metal song. It certainly is. But there is a real heartfelt story underneath the crazy goblin and the blood and the guts and all of that. And I've always wanted to be able to tell stories by blending genre and uh you know, taking absurd things and treating them with the utmost sincerity and being able to laugh at them, but also really think about them. And this movie is like a culmination of Of All those experiences all those music videos all those sketches I started out doing you know musical comedy with John Lajoie back in like 2009 and like all of this work. I feel like I took bits and pieces of what I've learned and applied to this and then I was so lucky to have you know I feel like I made this movie with cheat codes I had Kyle there as a mentor then I had Natalie who just came off of directing her second feature. And then Jillian, who's an incredible writer and director in her own right, and, uh, I looked look
1: everybody up after I saw it, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing that they're all doing that. Like cheat codes is a great way to way to do it, because you know, as direct, like you know, I've done some directing stuff, but I'm just like, what the fuck do we do here? Mm-hmm. Like like you know, at some point, you're just like, what what
0: what's the well? Best idea wins. I really wanted to create an environment where everyone can throw out ideas i had the vision i knew what i wanted to, to tell exactly what i wanted to tell but being open to hearing ideas and bringing in new things and then putting it through that vision and that filter um i was just so lucky i was surrounded by such creative people and then you know the crew that i worked with I, you've worked with some of them too like void Kilar, the cinematographer yeah. like he and i've worked together on projects big and small we've made tv shows together we've made big music videos we've made small music videos so we just had a shorthand and and it was the same thing too where he would bring ideas i would bring ideas and
1: i mean it's a fucking family mm-hmm. like anybody that's listening to this that doesn't you know lit, like work in production like it is a family like you oh, yeah. you you form a, a really really strong bond with these people that cuz you're on fucking you're staying with them all day every day you get mad you fight you fucking have to eat you have to like shit yeah all this all fucking yeah. stuff yeah. with these people and you know you're trying to come out with a creative common goal And you, I feel like you did it. Like, I feel like, I really feel like you did it, man. Thank you. I, I am, uh, I, I am, I'm really urging everybody to go watch. I'm totally fine. Um, Kyle stuck in the bay he's supposed to be here. Yeah, I'm actually kind of happy he's not because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Knew
0: a check. Mm. <laughs> in January we got some more stuff going on with the flick, and we should get Jillian, Natalie, and Kyle. Let's get everybody in, in the here, studio. Did you, you know, up. What
1: we can keep. We can grab fucking Jacoby again. He he was in here. He tattooed me. I don't know where it is. Yeah, like I don't know, but I swear to God, those motherfuckers. Couldn't be nicer.
0: Dude, Jillian and Natalie, just a testament, again, to their uh, commitment to the project and to what they do. They didn't just show up. So, you know, we we made the movie. They've been very instrumental in the uh, editing process, the coloring process, everything they've had a hand in. And then same thing when it comes to marketing and PR. And uh, Papa Roach played a show a few months ago with, uh, who are they on tour with, um, Falling in Reverse and Hollywood Undead. And story. Okay. And then I said to Natalie and Jillian, I said, hey, Papa Roach is playing about an hour and a half outside of LA. Should we go out and film a bunch of content they were down the band was down so we shot a carpool karaoke in my mazda with jillian and natalie driving and and the band in the back singing last resort we shot some skits we we watched the whole show it was so much fun and it was so fun watching natalie and jillian just hang out with jacoby tony and all the guys and really just like get along and have a good time they were so down again it was just like for me, it's like all these people taking this idea of this experience I had in the eighth grade, and then embracing it, and watching them come together and become friends around it outside of the movie was so cool. I mean, it's fuck beautiful. It's yeah. a
1: beautiful thing. I haven't watched a new movie that beautiful in a long time. Oh, thanks, it's, man. Like and funny. Like it's a fucking funny movie. Thank you. That that was like my main question. It was like, how do you do? How do you do those two things? Like that was it. You answered it, but I mean, like that was my main thing. I don't know how you can actually like you know it's like a, a like a, like a romantic comedy is like the one thing it's not a romantic comedy but it like it, that was the one genre of movie that i was like i could never write one of these things i could never actually like fucking sit down and actually write one and you nailed it also how did you do, like this is you chose to use fucking two girls like instead of like dudes Mm -hmm. you know like
0: where where did that like that came from you know when I had the concept and I was developing it and then I approached Alicia we talked about these two characters representing sort of two sides of one person you know like especially internally here like uh, the anxiety trying to control predict every outcome you know handle every situation and then like the optimistic just like go ahead almost like childlike exploration uh, person and when we talked about those feelings and we talked about it and then Alicia and I talked about it, we started talking about actors and actresses that we had in mind that we've wanted to work with and someone that we felt could uh, bring these feelings to life and we both thought of Jillian. Like, I've wanted to work with Jillian for years. Uh, We tried working together on a commercial a few years ago. It didn't work out and she loves Jillian. So then we were like, okay, let's write for Jillian. And then naturally with Alicia writing as well, we're like, let's go with two women.
1: I I thought it was a really like, wild and awesome choice that you did cuz you know you we write what we know and like I couldn't I don't think that I could write for you know like I can tell stories all day about like my dick pills and like <laughs> yeah, and of course. shit and yeah. stuff like that but like when I watch this I go how did these guys fucking do this like how did That's do Alicia
0: Keytree again like I can sing her praises all day long because she she really took the feeling and the emotions that we were talking about and synthesized it down and put it in the mouths of these characters. All
1: right. Let's fucking wrap this bitch up. Hell yeah. Is there
0: anything else you want to...
1: you want Like, what, I mean, what, do we, I just, what do we plug here?
0: Go watch I'm Totally Fine on Amazon or Apple. I watch it on an Amazon. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I watch it on Amazon. Order some toilet paper, order the movie. Done deal. Um, it's not... And you
1: know what? It's... an. It's the easiest watch in the entire world. I wanted it to be fucking longer.
0: I've seen a lot of people say that. It's 84 minutes. It's an in-and-out operation. And and I appreciate you giving us this platform because a small movie like us, like, you know, the weekend after our movie came out, Wakanda came out, and all these big movies are coming out, which are phenomenal. Like, I saw The Menu last weekend, and I loved it. Look, dude, I have a lot to say about it.
1: <laughs> let's not go. Let's okay. talk about your movie. So, so,
0: so, 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 you know, I appreciate places like Emo Night giving us a platform. The New York Times gave us a really nice write up. Like anyone who's putting us up, we really appreciate. And you know, thank you to Papa Roach again for everything from from the '90s till now, supporting the film and and, and keep rocking and making actual rock and roll music is. Dude, their new great. album
1: is fucking amazing.
0: Oh yeah, No Apologies is my jam.
1: It's an awesome album. Yeah, like it's an awesome album. And the cool, the, well, I want everybody to just. Going around, it was like four bucks, five bucks or something. Four or five bucks. Like that's, that's like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like less than a cup of coffee. Oh yeah. And it's so fucking worth it. And you don't have to sift through anything. Like I'm telling you right now, this is an awesome movie. I I back it. You know, I don't have anybody on here that I don't like or do. Like this is like,
0: (laughs) I'm a non-musician.
1: No, you're the first non-musician I've had on here. I don't, we didn't have to talk about guitars at all.
0: My guitar history is I played in a band called Cellar Door in high school, named after Donnie Darko. Yeah, let's talk about your actually. And, let's do and, this. <laughs> and our claim, our our two, our three biggest shows, uh, we opened for Fall Out Boy at the YMCA in Winneka. Yeah, that was a big show for us because there were especially Chicago. Yeah, oh yeah, but this was you know I think two thousand and two or no two thousand and one. Um, still friends with those dudes. I still work with them. I did a video for the Damn Things, Joe and Andy side project with Keith from Every Time I mm-hmm. Die. Um, we also played at Barack and Roll, opening up for Obama in 2003. A girl in my sci- sociology class was like, "Hey, do you want to play at this?" Hey, how
1: do you? What did what did Obama do? Did he just do a? A podcast? <laughs> no,
0: dude, this was what 2003. It was at like a, a youth center. We played our Screamo and then he took a photo with us. We had no idea who this guy was. He's like, solo it's a good name. And then, uh <laughs> yeah. And then we also played a show in Michigan opening for Walls of Jericho. That was a big one for us too. Yeah, that rocks. Look, it was like, man, that was our biggest show. It was like 100 people there.
1: I'm, uh, I'm bummed that Kyle couldn't make because I really like Kyle. It was The first time I met Kyle, when we went to when we went to go get coffee. Like I really like Kyle, but I'm happy that it was just you and I. Yeah. In a lot of ways today, because we've been we've been friends for for a long time, and um, I am really proud of you for making this movie. I can't sing its praises enough. Um, I want everybody to go watch it. I'm totally fine. Directed by my friend Brandon Dermer. As a look, if you grew up. You like all the stuff that we've been talking about. You're gonna love this fucking
0: movie. Sci-fi, comedy, dramedy, it's all there. Papa Roach. Papa Roach. I mean, like, who picks Papa Roach as a plot point? <laughs> like, you
1: fucking like did it <laughs> as a plot point. It's Fucking
0: awesome, dude. Thanks, dude. I'm really proud of you, man. I'm uh, proud of you. Congrats on eight years. I feel, I I got. Do- I'll tell you later.
1: I'll, I'll 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 tell you later. But I got dosed. At, at our eight year, like twenty minutes in, un
0: unbeknownst to you. Oh like, yeah, I don't
1: smoke weed. somebody yeah. like gave me like a weed. Like I, you know, I do do this all the time. Yeah, somebody just like gave me this, and I fucking walked around the entire time, and I was like, told everybody I was high shit. I didn't, I not I haven't smoked weed in like eight, eight, seven, eight years.
0: How like did you become paranoid, or I actually like worked through it, mm-hmm.
1: but I I think I, uh, thinking about it. I was uh, more paranoid about it because as soon as I did it, I hit it. I hit it really big. Cause I fucking hit this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's another, that's another story. This is not about. This is not. <laughs> this is not about me. This is about
0: you. Well, I want to do more with emo night. We got to do some more stuff together. I'd love to.
1: I'd love to. You're fucking amazing. And I, I, do you have any more shit in the works? Like, I mean, like your your brain is a uh, wacky place.
0: Yeah. I, I'm hoping the next movie is up and running in the summer and then out, you know, in the fall or the year. You have an idea? You have oh, ideas? Oh, yeah. hmm You can do whatever you want. Ideas are brewing. I also want to do a few more. I haven't done a, I haven't done a music video since Alice in Wonderland this year. That was, that was the last music video I've done because I've been just in the throes of this movie. And then I directed a TV show for Showtime and I'm just dying to do a music video.
1: It's the coolest thing ever because you're like, eh, it's like a one day. It's yeah. like a, it's like it's not a lot of commitment, and then you get a lot out of it. Yeah, like you get and like a fun th- day out of it.
0: It's just it's it's such a fun exercise of of here's a song and the emotion behind the song. Now create a story around it in three minutes. In three minutes. Yeah, You know, right? so you know, all of my music videos have always been short films dressed as music videos, and I you know have always been inspired by like Spike Jones and Fincher and all those old Aerosmith music videos, and I just love those opportunities and i like when it's it's unexpected too like i have had some of the most fun like coming up with stories for like the jonas brothers as much as i like doing like you know a necrogoblin or something super heavy like upon a pond burning body um i'm just i'm i for if any uh, music execs are out there send me some weird stuff or maybe even not weird stuff but let me do something weird for your non-weird song backstreet boys did this is what it was for We'll get, it. We'll let's, let's have, let's get you in with a, let's get you a back. How cool video. would that be? Fantastic. Oh, that's the last thing, uh, with the emo is my, the blink promo I did this year. Yeah. Which when I sent that to, I was very nervous sending it to you and TJ. Dude, I mean, what an announcement. His kid, like,
1: fucking, man, dude, Landon tattooed me also. Really? Yeah. I saw he was
0: at the eight year.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're fucking sweet. Everybody's such a sweet bird. We have a really, uh, we have a really special thing. Like I think everybody that that comes into this studio, at least with me, has, like a very special thing, and understands that thing. And that's, you know, whether it is now fucking movies and actors, or or musicians or bands. Like I think it's we have this thing that we kind of care about each other.
0: I'm excited to see who the next non-musician is that sits on this couch. Hopefully, it's the cast of my movie.
1: Let's do it. I, that, I would like it to be that but maybe I'll try for some... What if I got, like, a fucking huge... Like, a, like A-list.
0: Yeah, or, why not? I don't know. The don't inventor know it, of Blue Chew. Like, I don't know. Talk about my boner.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> like, with, with the fucking, like... like who's I, the biggest like star how, how
0: fun would it be to sit with the guy who created Blue Chew and be like... Like, how you're asking me, like, where did the movie come from? Like, where did it come from inside me? Be like, where did Blue Chew come from? Like you're you're a a young inventor or i I feel
1: like he was like i probably just wanted to get a better boner like i (laughs) feel like that's probably what
0: his answer was. or what if it's something like really like deep where he was like you know i was trying to have children i wasn't performing i couldn't find the motivation we were trying I couldn't find a solution I I wanted to be health conscious and the other products I was nervous about my heart so okay that's the next movie yeah actually maybe it is it's like a
1: it's kind of a beautiful thing to just up in the spot yeah All right, Brandon Dermer everybody go watch I'm totally fine fucking rent it there's a bunch of people you know in it um it's a really great movie
0: Jillian Bell Natalie Morales Blake Anderson Kyle Nuchak Harvey Gann Karen Maruyama and Papa Roach
1: And Papa Roach, baby. Thank you for coming in to uh, Emo Night Radio. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, dude. I love you, brother.
0: Love you, too.